Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. How are you, Terry? Getting ready for the weekend? I'm ready to roll. Are you? Yeah. Ready to roll for the show for the weekend? Both. Okay, then let's start it. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. All right, Broncos held another walkthrough today. This is their second walkthrough in three days. However, today's practice is flanked by a pair of full contact practices. If I remember correctly, it was Nathaniel Hackett who said, we will do essentially walkthroughs, jogthroughs every three days. Now it is two in three days because you had a walkthrough on Wednesday, a full contact practice yesterday, walkthrough today, and then full contact tomorrow. Players say, not surprisingly, they love Hackett's approach of resting bodies. You know, it's a 17-game season. But is it fair to question this training camp as it's starting to resemble, if we're being completely honest, a summer camp more than a training camp? And a lot of former players, a lot of former Broncos players who work in the media are out at, you know, training camp. And I think a lot of them are beside themselves <laughs> and absolutely... They're jealous is what they are. Well, are they jealous or are they aghast? Thinking, Probably both. Okay. At the end of the day, if they're jealous, dude, get over it. You made your money. You had a nice career. Don't compare yourself to other players today because at the end of the day, they make more money than you anyway. I'm being fairly tongue-in-cheek on that point, but these guys talking about that are not of the vintage, are not of the vintage who, who just were playing last year and walked away. Right. These, these are a recent vintage player. These are of maybe 10 years ago type players, they, they, and they're, they are aghast. And they, they uh, don't understand why it's being done this way. Well, I mean, they understand why it's being done. They don't agree with the, the way it's being done. And I am guessing that players that I covered in the 1990s, like you did, and the 1980s, who did two-a-days, and players in the 60s and 70s who did three-a-days and did Oklahoma drills and all that <laughs> stuff, right? I think it's a generational thing that that the older generation looks at the younger generation as weak and soft and can't handle it. And maybe there is a tinge of bitterness that they had to do all that stuff. And these guys don't. Do you think that's fair? I think a lot of those guys have, have come into it since the common sense ranges range supreme and they pulled back a little bit, whether because of the CBA or, or sitting down and evaluating, saying we have these tremendously valuable commodities, we have to protect them. Right. So I think there's kind of a combination there. It's a middle ground. These are not these are not orange crushed Denver Broncos standing on the sideline right. saying hey, this is a picnic compared to what we went through. They are guys who have played in the last fifteen to twenty years. Yeah. Generally speaking, not not last week, not last year, but in right. that recent vintage. Here's the thing: I'm going to reserve judgment on this. I'm not going to sit and bash them for it because at the end of the day. 
the test results will come out over a 17-game season. Now, if you tell me Russell Wilson gets injured in week three, then it's going to be hard to evaluate the test results. It could be a false positive. But because if Russell Wilson goes out, let's call it like it is. The season mm-hmm. is over. But if they still stay relatively healthy and they look like a team that doesn't tackle well and they don't hit well and they don't execute well or they have too many false start penalties, then you can look back upon this and say, you know what? Maybe Hackett thought he was onto something, but he was wrong. Now let's flip it around the other way. What if these guys stay relatively healthy and it's a this season league. and they finish with a 10 and 7, an 11 and 6, you know, a 12 and 5 record? To your point, people will say, well, maybe Hackett is onto something. You asked me uh, right before we went on the air, do you know of anybody else who is doing this? I believe the Packers are doing a form of this because I think this is where Hackett actually got the idea from. But here's the thing. We don't know how this is going to look. There can only be one inventor in life. And, you, and is, you know, is maybe LaFleur does it at a level, if a 10 is the highest, if LaFleur does it at a 3, maybe Hackett has ratcheted it up to a 6. And if it does work, to your point, this will be a copycat. Here's the bigger point to me, though. The point is pace. By working through the through these things and install at a leisurely pace, they're doing things at a leisurely pace that they're going to have to do at full speed in games. Well, these, That's going to be the test. These walkthroughs are not leisurely. And what I mean by that is there isn't hitting. I get that. Mm-hmm. You don't have cornerbacks. I think they're leisurely. Well, hold on. Let, let, me, let me just finish my point to explain what I mean by leisurely. When the ball is snapped, there is no pass rush. The defensive backs are barely guarding the wide receivers. They are not going full speed. That's why it's called a walkthrough or a jog through. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is they are, they are executing more plays. That's what I mean by there is more pace. So if you have a regular practice in 11 on 11, <clears throat> the let's say features 40 plays, mm-hmm. I'm guessing you're featuring 60 plays mm-hmm. when it comes to this jog through, walk through. You're, you're practicing these plays more, not at full speed. Right. But at the end of the day, if you think about it, they do get more more reps in, and it's, right. it, it seems almost counterintuitive to think of it that way. But you have to break it down and see it play out in front of your screen, right. your mental screen. Hackett said in his post presser practice today, post practice presser, Sally sells seashells by the seashore, <laughs> rubber baby buggy bumpers. He does at his post practice presser. Nice alliteration. Randy Gregory, Billy Turner, KJ Hamler doing great on track for week one. Hamler's the only one who has truly been out there practicing with the team. Gregory and Turner still on the pup list. How much do you think veterans like Gregory and Turner truly need training? Well, if you specifically look at Gregory and Turner, I would say not much. But if you, there's really no one answer that fits all in, in terms of evaluating it for individuals. Each player's different. The genius of coaching is being able to judge which guys... Right. Which guys can need it, which which don't, and you adjust there, and you you step away from trying to apply old school mentality of everybody's got to be the same. Right. No, they don't have to be the same. Right. I mean, when you look at a guy like Gregory, he doesn't have to work in tandem like Turner does with his offensive line. An offensive line is an orchestra. A defensive end isn't necessarily part of the orchestra. They don't have to work necessarily in tandem the edge rushers together. Yes, they have to kind of know what each other's doing, 
But if you have all five guys in the offensive line working together, it's going to make a better offensive line. Um, for Turner, though, he knows out in the system because he was the offensive line coach of the Packers. Mm-hmm. He knows Hackett's system because he was the offensive coordinator and he's calling plays. And I'm not suggesting because Turner's been here that you know suddenly he doesn't need as much practice because the team is a little bit different for sure, actually quite a bit different. But we'll see what they do with Turner. I did find out something very interesting today. That Hackett has his players do a bunch of things per day during training camp. It's essentially he gives them a menu. And the menu is things like yoga, going in a cold tank, going in a salt tank, using a cryotherapy machine, getting massage, getting active release technique. I know what all of these things are, and I'm asking not to be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Do you so no. I can explain? No. Okay. So yoga is, is self-explanatory. Cold I, tank. I don't know what cryotherapy is primarily. And I've done cryotherapy. That's why I know. Cryotherapy is a machine that you step into. You're in there for about three minutes and essentially reduces inflammation. It's really the same thing as a cold tank, but you're not mm-hmm. in there as long. So that's they're essentially similar things. Um, a salt tank basically relaxes you. Have you ever been to Israel before? No. Like lying in the Dead Sea. It's uh, so nice. <laughs> okay. Massage, we know what that is. Active release technique is something that I get when I have problems, and Nolan and I have talked about this. There is a difference between getting a massage and active release technique. Active release technique is very difficult to learn. It's very expensive to learn. A very good friend of mine, Dr. Ryan Tuxer at... Uh, 5280 Crown Recovery Clinic. Mm-hmm. He's been a friend of mine for about 15 years. He was one of the only guys in the entire uh, city that did ART and the only guy in town who had a cryo machine. That's how I know about this stuff. So there's your education. So you mean like a guy who has a, uh, a copper-infused sleeve around his knee right now could probably use that cryotherapy? Well, he wouldn't bring it in there with him. He'd wear a pair of socks, and that's pretty much it. You should probably go to Ryan. I can give you his number, and I'll make sure that you get an appointment if you really need one. I mean that sincerely. But let's move back to the Bronco stuff. Hackett gives them a menu. These are six things. There might be a few other things. And he says to the players, you have to do at least two per day. You you could do yoga and ART. You can do cryo and a salt tank. No matter what it is, you have to do two per day. And you're laughing. That's what they should have put in Kyler Murray's contract. Right. And studying. But the point is... The point is, you have to do two per day. This is truly thinking out of the box. This is almost borderline. If you talk to a Vince Lombardi, even a Mike Shanahan, potentially, Mm -hmm. and he was pretty progressive. This is out there kind of stuff. Like, you're telling your guys that they could choose between doing yoga and ART. I mean, this is is being an innovator. Listen, his players have called him, talking about hacking an innovator. Mm -hmm. George Payton has done that. My point is, if they win, mm-hmm. and then you look at the way he's doing training camp, this could be the wave of the future, or this could be laughed at like Major League Baseball laughed at the Rockies when they did the piggyback pitching system. B follows A, A cause B. Right. That's not necessarily true. It's kind of fun, though. I've been following also Mike McDaniel's, I, want, I don't want to say antics, but his, uh, his happy-go-lucky style down in Miami, he's... He's winning a lot of uh, plaudits as being very innovative and even revolutionary. Well, um, they basically came from the same coaching tree, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Uh, And they came from, in theory, well, 
Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree. I mean, LaFleur, McVay, and Kyle were all in Washington together, all under the direction of Mike Shanahan. They all branched out. They all have their own family trees. But Mike McDaniel and Nathaniel Hackett, in some ways, are products of that tree, Mm -hmm. although Nathaniel Hackett has a much broader uh, base. With his father as a coach. Well, no, not his father as a coach. Uh, It has to do more with coaching in Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. which had nothing to do with his father. His father has nothing to do with his coaching tree. Zero. It's his dad, right? But Doug Marone, when you look at Nathaniel Hackett, Doug Marone's coaching tree, Nathaniel Hackett is directly yes. under it. Paul Hackett is not part of that. I, well, I actually consider I consider Paul Hackett part of the influential influential influences on Nathaniel Hackett. He is. I think. I, I listen. I don't because, know because Nathaniel even talked about watching Alex Gibbs coach the zone blocking scheme at Kansas City when his dad was on that staff, and he was only thirteen and fourteen years old. Well, here's the thing. I think there's a uh, degree to that that is true, but very different than Mike and Kyle. Yeah. I mean, a world of difference. I mean, Mike is still involved. With, Mike's involved with the 49ers. Did you know that? He, is yes, out, he yes, goes out that. to San Francisco. To, to an extent, yes. No, not to. No, I'm saying I knew that to an extent. Oh, Mike is far more involved than people think he is, and that's not a bad thing. 49ers are a pretty good organization, but but the relationship between as far as coaches I'm sure Paul and Nathaniel talk quite a bit, but we're talking about being as a professional. Kyle has been under Mike, yeah. While Nathaniel has never been under, correct, Mike. right. And so when you look at Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching tree, he has a lot of different influences, kind of like Eger Evero. Mm-hmm. As a, I mean, who has he learned from? Wade Phillips, uh, uh, Vic Fangio, mm-hmm. uh, so many. So many of the top uh, Dom Capers, so many of the top guys out there he's learned from, which is awesome. But we're watching Nathaniel Hackett do something that really is truly out of the box. It is truly innovative. But we will see. We will see if doing yoga, choosing between yoga and doing a salt tank and having maybe too many walkthroughs is going to be the wave of the future. I will tell you this, though. I understand for free agents, it's all about money. I get it. I totally understand that. But you know what? If you're a free agent and you get pretty good money and the Broncos are a winning organization and you have the Walton Penner group and then you have a coach who thinks (laughs) out of the box and you can do yoga and the practices aren't as hard and it's a proven, it's a proven system they're going to get a lot more free agents. There are football players, really good football players, who hate football practice. Yeah, I think most of them do. Yes. I don't know anybody who enjoys. Oh, there are some. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> there are some who are uh, who are strange enough to actually like football practice. Right. Coming up after the break, I had a chance to sit down with a couple of guys today following practice. One of those guys, Calvin Anderson, and he talks specifically about Nathaniel Hackett and the way he operates camp. We'll talk about that next. I know you get to like it if you give it a chance now.
Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friends at Siltahar Mazda. Talking about Greg Larson, the vice president, my buddy PT, who is the marketing director. Boy, they run a great place up there at Siltahar Mazda. Loaded with inventory right now. You can get the right car at the right price, like the Mazda CX-5, Mazda CX-30, and that's a great ride to have. Small crossover SUV, all-wheel drive, leather trim seats, great power. And, you know, I know gas prices are falling, but they're still high. But you're going to get 32 miles to the gallon on the highway. Take one for a test drive today. Uh, Siltahar Mazda is part of the Siltahar family, a family-owned business. It's been serving Colorado families for over 60 years, and remember, at Siltahar Mazda, it is stress-free and hassle-free. That's the way it should be. Every time I pull into their parking lot, no one is running up to me to sell me a car. It's totally stress-free. They really take care of you. Go for a test drive today in Broomfield or check them out at sthmazda.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today. At 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. There have been three consistent things on the offensive line so far in training camp. Garrett Bowles at left tackle. Lloyd Cushenberry, who is playing center. And then you have Calvin Anderson playing right tackle. Now, many believe Billy Turner, when he gets off the pup list, he's going to challenge and possibly eventually become the right tackle. But as of now... It's Calvin Anderson. I caught up with him after practice today. I am probably asking a rhetorical question here, but do you like, for lack of a phrase, all of this non-hitting, generally speaking? Yeah, I think um, I was telling this to somebody else the other day. These days where there are jog-throughs are really high intensity on the mind, so that's why we run so many plays and we don't um, we don't uh, take the breaks that we normally do. We, we go straight through. So um, it's taxing on the mind, but that's good. We, we hold each other to a high, higher standard on these days. We can be 100%. That way, when we come back, we're banging with pads. We're working with more efficiency. I'm not suggesting you guys are guinea pigs. There are other teams that do this, but if this system works, it'll continue, right? Yeah. There's no question about it. But you're seems to me like you're one of the first teams that are doing this, and now we'll have to see what happens in the regular season, don't you think? Yeah, I'm not as aware of what other teams are doing, but I do know that Hackett in general is a fairly revolutionary coach, so if he's implementing something that ends up working and spreading across the league, it wouldn't surprise me because that's the type of thinker he is. You have always been seen as a guy at right tackle. I mean, you can play a lot of different positions, but you've never really had a home. We're going we're gonna to move Calvin around. We're, we're going to put him in a rotation. I know Turner isn't playing yet, but are you starting to feel like 
this spot's mine, damn it. Yeah, I mean, I think what I tell anybody is that I prepare every season like I'm going to be the starter because that's what you need out of everybody who's going to end up playing during the season. So in my in the years past, you never know what happens during the season, who gets hurt, how the line has to shuffle. So you have to be ready. And when you go in, you can't be ready to play at a backup level. You need to be ready to play at a starter level. So that's the mentality I always have. I know I have a huge opportunity this year, and my mentality is the exact same as it was when they signed me earlier this year to be an impact player for this team. How much has the huddle changed? No disrespect to Teddy, no disrespect to Drew, but how different is it with three in that huddle? Yeah, Russell Wilson brings brings a, a, a presence that's undeniable. So, um, like you said, it, it's not that's not talking about anybody else that plays right. football in the NFL. That's just that's just how three is, man. So. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge difference because he's a unique person. So I think, you know, when we look back and we see three back there, everybody gets a little more juice, you know what I mean? Nothing, again, n- nothing bad to say about Vic, but I can't imagine how it wasn't like oxygen was blown into the room with his personality, which, for lack of a better phrase, is infectious, don't you think? It, isn't the temperature just different in this building? Yeah, I think every coach is different. Every coach approaches um, taking care of their team differently, but I think that Hackett, energy he has he's got a youthful feel you know all that has an effect just like anything else does so his approach specifically i think gives us all a lot more energy because uh, we feed off of that we feed off of that from the top down and he happens to be the top so um you know that energy every single day gets gets everybody a little more hype a little more amped i've been covering sports for over 30 years and i've talked to plenty of football teams my fourth football team i've covered and you know the difference between a guy saying yeah we want to make the playoffs but in the back of their mind they know we don't have the horses we don't have the coaching i know this is the right thing to say honestly looking at the last three four five years of the broncos you kind of got that feeling this year are those words different yeah again i think that if you ask anybody on this team um you know the way we approach the expectations uh, we don't we don't we don't care as much about the external expectations. So we have expectations in this building. I think that the focus uh, since Hackett has got here is to win the West and then subsequently win the playoff games to get us to the championship game and, and hoist the trophy at the end of the year. So uh, we know it's a step-by-step process. We know that December games are important. So we got to get ourselves to a position in December where we're playing meaningful games and hoping to make a long run in the playoffs. I know the expectations over the last couple of years inside the building verbally were the same as they are now. But did you kind of know over the last couple of years, yes, they are our expectations. I'm not so sure if this is really going to happen. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't I can't uh, I can't I can't feel that if any competitor feels like they don't have a chance. So every time I step on this field, every time we prepare for a season, you're always feeling like you're going to win. And if you're not, then I, I would be I'd be. I'd be sad to know there was a guy in here that thinks like that. So, um, but this know, we, team's we, talking Super Bowl now, and I haven't yeah. heard that phrase in a long time. Yeah, I mean, again, external expectations—that's all great. You know, it gives the fans something to be excited about. I think for us, we're we're trying to focus on winning every single game so we can have meaningful games to play in December and then make a long playoff run. What jumps out at me in relation to his evaluation of Nathaniel Hackett in response to your question was he called him a revolutionary coach. A lot of guys have been saying that. He, he's he's in not his, the only one. He's, not, he's in his first job That's as okay. a head coach. I'm not I'm not arguing yeah. with it. I'm saying it's rather remarkable that they're saying that. And if they believe that, which I think they do, it, it's really uh, it really jumps out. And I also think uh, Calvin Anderson, well, you can tell he played much, most of his collegiate career at Rice before yep. he transferred to Texas. Sounds like a guy who could solve a Rubik's Cube in 10 seconds or something like that. Well, actually, I believe he can. Yes. Are you familiar with this? Yes. Uh, Because I saw him do it. He did it behind his back. Yeah. Right. He is also so stinking smart 
that he did a PowerPoint presentation to his parents so <laughs> they would invest in Nintendo way back in the day. I had not heard that. And one. they did. He's a very bright guy. He has a probably career in whatever he wants to do. But he did, you know, I, I give him a lot of credit. He held firm because I'll be honest with you. You have covered a lot of teams and I've covered a lot of teams. And he the, didn't back down when you challenged he, him. No, he didn't. And I wasn't, and it may have seemed like I was trying to challenge him. I wasn't. But the truth is, how in the world can you look at a team last year, honestly, knowing that you you have Pat Shermer as your mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, Teddy Bridgewater is a journeyman. Drew Locke is not the right guy, right? Um, Cortland Sutton is coming off of an ACL injury. Defensively, you're good, and you know you're going to be good, obviously, with Vic Fangio's defense. But even the year before, I mean, you heard guys say the word playoffs, but you kind of had to know they didn't really believe it, right? But he held firm. Good on him. Yeah. And he's. I think he's also... He came in as just kind of the guy they they were putting out at, at right tackle because Billy Turner was out. Now I think it's his job to lose. Well, he played a lot of right tackle last year. And, well, he's, he also got some starts at left tackle when when Bowles was out. The dreaded swing guy. Oh, right? I think no that that can make your career in the league too, though, that, if you can be that valuable. That keeps you in the league, but that doesn't give you big money. Okay, no. I'll give you a no. good example. Let's go over to baseball. The worst. The worst. Utility man. You got it. He can play second. He can play third. A little Phil bit of short. A little bit, little bit in right field. <clears throat> yeah, he could do a lot of things. Bobby File. But he's not great enough to be our guy at second base. But they signed him last March to a new contract, which illustrated some faith, how he had played down the stretch no of last season. All right, coming up after the break, a Rocky Mountain Forest Products gambling challenge with Ty Calcade and Evan. From the Just Us Guys podcast, we've watched a lot of training camp so far. We've heard what the players have had to say. Hackett has had to say. One significant injury so far in Tim Patrick. The over-under for the Broncos right now is nine and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? From what we know right now, that's next. And all the roads we have to walk are winding. Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale along with the public, go to RMFP. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. Okay, every Friday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with our friends Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. The over-under for the Broncos right now is 9.5. We have seen what they've looked like in training camp. We know that uh, Tim Patrick is out for the season. With that, when we first started doing the show together, you said they're an 8-9 team. 
Has anything changed your mind with what you've seen so far to give it the over for your bet? Well, the preface to this is the stupidest thing in sports is being unwilling to back down or, or evolve your view as sure. time goes on. And, you know, and I'm not going to back down yet. I'm saying they're still going to go eight, nine. Uh, I'm going to, I'm willing to keep my mind open. I'm willing to change my mind if I believe it's necessary. But right now, I'm going to change your mind week 14. We'll see. I'm sticking we're, we're, with eight, 10 nine, and four. I'm sticking with eight, nine, which translates to under nine and a half with some breathing room. So nothing has changed your mind with what? Not yet. Okay. Um, I would absolutely take the over because I, th- I don't think they're going eight, nine. There's a chance they go nine and eight, but I think there's a better. But that's the only window. Mm-hmm. Nine wins going nine and eight. Yeah. I think there's far too much upside for this team if things do go right, and that's why I would absolutely take the over nine and eight's a possibility. Barring injuries, I don't think this is an eight nine team at all. Even in this division, no, not in the. Well, I mean they have they have other teams on the schedule too. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do you really think that the Raiders are going to sweep them? No. I don't. Do you think that the Chargers are going to sweep them? I don't. Do I think they'll finally beat Kansas City this year? I do. I think they'll be 3-3 three and three in the division. They're going to have to prove it to me. Well, yeah, that's why they play the game. Yes, they do. Right. But but I think I think they're probably 3-3 three and three in this division. If you go 4-2 and two in this division, that's quite an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But I certainly don't think the Raiders beat them twice, and I don't think the Chargers beat them twice. And then, I mean, look at your opening two games of the season. You should You should make the case they should beat Seattle. And they should win their second game. But we will see. Guys, what do you think? Uh, with that, let's look at a couple of other things. Russell Wilson's over-under for passing yards is 4,050 yards. You like the over the under? Well, he threw for 31-13 last year in, in 14 games. and I think, But I think the 40-50 is about right. So I'm going to take the over. Well, he was injured too. Yeah. He yeah. played 14 games and was injured. And, and I, I am more looking at the previous two seasons. Mm-hmm in which he was over that in 16 games. That's how I look at it. You give him an extra game, yeah. I'll well, you also, uh, we, we keep bringing up uh, Rodgers because of the comparisons b- involving Green Bay, and he threw for 41-15 last year. Rodgers did. Yes, Rodgers did. So if we throw the want to compare the basis of the Green Bay offense being whether LaFleur was calling the plays, which he was or not, it's it's a it's a comparison we can make, and I think I think that Wilson will get over that figure. Okay, just for fun, just for fun. How many yards a game do you think he's going to throw? Just for fun, just pick a number, any number. How many yards a game? How many yards a game? What's his average going to be? Oh, three hundred. Three hundred yards a game? Yes. Um, I know. Okay, are you being serious? Yes. Or are you are you being serious? No, I'm I'm kidding. Well. We don't have time to get. So give me your honest number, because if, if you're if you're saying on this radio show, and I honestly don't know that you're kidding. 250. Okay, thank you, because honestly, if you were serious about that, you're saying he's going to pass for 5,100 no. yards. We don't, we don't have time He's going to throw for about 400 yards, 4,000 yards. Okay, so you're saying 250 a game, which sounds reasonable yes. to me, right? Um, if he throws for 240 a game, he goes over 40-50. Yeah. And I think it's realistic that he throws for 240 yards a game, although... I think they will run the ball more than people think. I think so. I do. Who will be making the bulk of those carries? I think that, again, it'll be about 55-45 Javante Williams. I do. But we will see. 
All right, what do we have? Come well, actually, well, let's do one more thing. Javante Williams. I think I know your answer on this. It's got to be over. <laughs> I'm jumping all over the over. You're He's jumping over get... the over. I haven't even given the question yet. 925 yards. I'm all over the over. He almost did that last year, splitting the carries with Gordon. I Yeah, I, to me, barring injury, this seems like the biggest sucker bet on the board in the NFL this season, doesn't it? Which is scary because right. they know what they're doing. They do. And so do the gamblers know in, in jumping all over the bad, the bad lines. The, the the only reason I can see that he doesn't get over 925 yards is if he takes Terry Fry's advice. <laughs> and what? If if Nathaniel Hackett takes Terry Fry's advice. And gives him 50 carries a game. He gives him 30 carries a game. And by week 14, he is so banged up he can't play until the playoffs. If they make the mm-hmm. playoffs. That's, that's the concern. As much as anything else. But I don't think Hackett will. So you mean he may go under because they use him too much? They may go under because... Which is kind of counterintuitive. Again, he's not a guy who avoids contact. Yeah. Uh, he's better, you can make the case, just look at the numbers, he's better in contact. Mm-hmm. He's better in contact. And makes yards after contact. Too. He does. But, again, we've talked about this over the last couple of days. The best running backs in his own blocking schemes are guys who are one-cut guys who have great vision to find mm-hmm. the hole that they know is going to close fast. See it and go. We will see if Javante Williams has improved in that. Yes. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Former Patriots lineman did the unthinkable to avoid getting scolded for being late to a meeting, and the Angels tied a dubious Major League record in their game yesterday against the A's. That's next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. When they gather around and started talking, that's when Billy would take me walking. Out through the backyard we go walking. Then he look into my eyes. Lord knows to my surprise. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I love telling you about my guy, Eric Cook. Uh, he's with Farmers Insurance, started his own agency called the Cook Insurance Agency. Over 70 years of experience. I'm telling you, they know the right questions to ask, get you the right policy. What does he do for me? Well, he does my health insurance. He does my auto insurance, my home insurance, does the home and auto for my wife as well. And with that, Eric, how are you, my friend? Doing all right. How are you today? I don't know if I've ever heard of a farmer's agent or any type of agent that does insurance that does health insurance. Why are you the unicorn? You know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, it's a great fit for, um, you know, being able to do auto and home health insurance, uh, make it a nice, easy one-stop shop. I'm, I'm not sure why more don't do it, but I do. Um, and it's great to be able to talk with my clients and, and have many different lines of coverage with them and advise them on all different lines in one stop. So many different things change over the course of life. You do in addition to your home. 
maybe uh, you, you are more sick than you have been in the past. What do you do to ensure that your clients are fully insured in every area in which they work for you? Yeah. So with you, um, I should say. Yeah. So so we uh, we do a, a review uh, when the policy comes up for renewal, no matter what it is, whether it's the health insurance side or you know addition of the homes uh, that happen in between renewals. Sometimes people forget to tell us about that, so we want to make sure that we have the property insured correctly. Um, but we always come in and and go over that with people um, once a year on renewal. And things change. Uh, health insurance side, you know, somebody might have a very catastrophic level plan because they don't go in and see a doctor very often or anything like that. And, you know, this last year, some, you know, we all get older. Uh, sometimes we have to start seeing the doctor more. Blood pressure creeps up, all that stuff. So we want to make sure that we're adjusting that plan to, to you know, get it more into um, you know, something that's going to be very workable for them uh, with their current situation, get those co-pays nice and low, lower deductibles, things like that. So wait a minute. I Before you and I started working together, okay, you and I worked together on my uh, health insurance. Before I yeah. started working with you on my auto, my home yeah. insurance, I worked with a guy probably about seven to ten years, and how come he never called me once a year? Why didn't he call me? I don't know. That's a great question. Seriously, um, that bothers me. Now that yeah. I know that that's what you do, which you you and I checked in every year with yeah. health insurance, every yep. single year, because things do change. Absolutely. But, and you would call me. But I'm kind of bothered that he just, I feel like, kind of took me for granted and just let everything keep rolling over. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know um, why a lot of agents don't. I think it's great to, you know, keep in communication, um, you know, with the clients because, you know, things change, laws change, rules change, plans change. Everything's changing all the time. We're always moving forward. And just because you bought something a few years ago doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the best fit for you today. All over the place, whether it's health or home, auto, you know, everything's changing. Kids, so life insurance, you know, right. you won't, didn't have life insurance. Now you need it. You get married. Well, I probably should have that life insurance. So, you know, it, it's always good to check in and, and, you know, just I don't know why more agents don't do it. I think it's very, very important to keep in contact with with clients all the time. Well, well tell not me, not just when they're hurt. Yeah, you know, right. I yeah. mean, I, I think the simplest way to put it with you, because this has been my experience for so many years, I don't want to think about auto, home, uh, health, anything like that. I want somebody to think for me. Seriously, yeah. I want somebody yeah. to think for me and, and make it an autopilot that you're getting a hold of me. Why should I have to get a hold of you? And I want to thank you for doing that because you make my life easier. And I know you will do that with everybody listening and watching on Mile High Sports today if they decide to get a hold of you. And speaking of that, how do they get a hold of you? So easiest way is going to be to give my office a call. And that number is 303-790-8089. And we'd love the opportunity to try to earn your business. 303-790-8089. 303-790-8089. Seven nine zero eighty eighty nine. Work with my guy, Eric Cook at Farmers, the Cook Insurance Agency. E, have a great weekend, man. You as well. Have a great rest of your show, and I'll talk to you soon, Eric. All right, see you, pal. Right. Time, time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. 
Just in case you missed it, former Patriots lineman and now radio host Rich Ornberger yeah. said he intentionally <laughs> rear-ended a van on his way to practice because he was late to a meeting and was scared Bill Belichick would cut him. Ornberger said he noticed a beat-up van and came up with the idea that if he got into an accident, that would be the perfect excuse for why he was late to the team meeting. So he figured it's better to deal with the consequences of the collision rather than dealing with Bill Belichick scolding him for being tardy. Uh, takeaways from this uh, interesting incident. You think Bill Belichick at least laughed? No. I, I think that he probably was genuinely concerned with how he was doing, but it was under false pretenses in which this guy accepted false empathy. Okay. Make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, I can understand why he's afraid. I get that. Um, but here, let's put... For the sake of and I'm going way overboard. Okay. If I said to you, one of my cousins passed away from cancer, you'd be, and, and that's why, and I have to go home, and that's why I can't do the show. I'd have great the, empathy for you and, and be sincere in offering it. And I can't do the show for the next three days, so Terry, you're going to have to solo the show. I can't find anybody to fill in. Well, Alex, Alex and me. But you understand my point, yeah. right? Be like, Eric, I'm so sorry. Is there anything I can do for you? And you're genuinely. Uh-huh. giving me empathy, right? And I'm totally yanking your chain because I just don't want to work today and I'd rather play golf. And I did it under false pretenses, so I'm accepting false empathy for that. Okay. Because maybe, did he, was it a one-car accident? What did he say? He so, didn't hurt so anybody. He rear-ended a beat-up van. An right. old beat-up van. And what, what, what would Belichick's first reaction be? Are you okay? You need to see the team doctor, right? I would hope so. Do we know that? Well, that, that I don't know. But he probably had um, video cameras from another team <laughs> taping where this guy was driving, right? And, I, and from what I understand, his front bumper was deflated, so he was fine. Just in case you missed it, the Los Angeles Angels tied a dubious Major League record when they smashed seven home runs, all solo shots, but still lost to the Oakland Athletics 8-7 to at home yesterday. Their Angels are just the second team to hit seven solo homers and lose also the first team in the majors to hit seven solo homers and score no other runs in the game. Uh, Angels interim manager Phil Nevin said, I guess they always say solo home runs don't beat you, but you feel like if you hit seven, you might. Uh, it didn't work out for us. Have you ever seen anything quite like this? And isn't this just a microcosm of the Angels the past few years? Well, I thought the most interesting thing was that the only other time it happened was only, was only six years ago. In all the annals of baseball, you'd think would have happened more often than that. Uh, as bizarre as it is, as hard as it is to do. Yeah. It just sums up the Angels' season, doesn't it? What did they start, 21 and 11 or something? They were impressive. Yeah. They got their manager fired. Right. Yeah. I mean. Got Madden fired. Right. And, and where are they right now? They're just, listen, that they are a two-star team. That is sitting, what, 15 games under 500 right now? And one of those stars is done for the year in Mike Trout. Right. Well, here's the funny thing. Uh, they're sitting with a 4 419 winning percentage, and the Rocks are just a tick better, and they didn't have Trout or Otani. So what, what, is, what does that tell you about the Rockets? How much worse would they be if they lost their top two players? Do uh, they, yeah. they have two top players? Well, Chris Bryan, and he's missed half the year, at least anyway. You can't. I don't know if he can say he's a top player. He hasn't done anything yet. He, at one point, was a top player. He was. Yeah, I'd go C.J. Crone and maybe Iglesias this year. Iglesias has been really good. Yeah. Well, here, if you lost, because Bryant hasn't been part of the equation, 
If you who's been the best pick? I mean, Chad really- Cool or De- or Freeland? Okay. Freeland, I'd okay. say Freeland. Okay. So if you lost Freeland and Crone, where would the Rockies be right now? Their winning percentage might be under four. That co- may cost them ten wins. I would say. Right. So instead of war, it's. WBR wins below replacement? Yeah, or, or just a negative war. <laughs> negative 10 war. There you go. War, what does it get for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Well done. That was pretty good. Yeah. We worked well together on that. All right, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. What I really love about them is their sales staff. They really understand what people need because they've been working there for such a long time. You're not walking into a big box store where somebody's been working there for six months and then they're looking to work someplace else because this is really nothing more than a temp job. At Mountain High Appliance, you are working with seasoned professionals to get you what you want, whether you want something to fit your budget or you're looking to redesign an entire kitchen. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, another day of training camp, another walkthrough, full pads tomorrow. Cody Work and I were at practice today. We will talk about that sizzling, very exciting walkthrough and what we should expect tomorrow as they'll be popping pads. That's next.